Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A History of Pandemics Today and Yesterday is an article by Professor James Harris of Ohio State University, whose specialties include the history of infectious diseases. We spoke with Professor Harris some months ago in a broader context about the history of pandemics, but today we're going to focus on the 1918 to when it petered out in 1920, H1N1 pandemic, a.k.a. the Spanish flu, which claimed at least some 50 million lives worldwide. And uh, Professor Harris uh, has made that particular pandemic an area of special study. Jim, thank you very much for coming back on the show. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Where does that 1918-1920 Spanish flu pandemic rank in severity for last century plus globally pandemics? Hi, Roy. Thank you for having me back on the show. It's a real pleasure to be here again. Uh, to answer your question, the, the 1918 flu is, is the benchmark by which we should measure all pandemics in, in the last 100 years. Uh, in terms of severity, uh, there were probably, to give you ballpark numbers, about 500 million cases of influenza in that short period of time around the world and about 50 million deaths, which is just absolutely a tragedy. And what was the driver of that particular pandemic? Was it the fact that the world was at war? In large part, uh, yes, I tend to think so. Um, we, we, there's some debate about where, and we probably will never know for, with absolute certainty where the pandemic really started, but the most commonly accepted sort of explanation is um, on a military base in Kansas here in the, in the U.S. Uh, and we kind of can follow the course of the pandemic uh, following the movement of soldiers around the world uh, in the last months of the First World War. Jim, were there lessons learned in that particular time period between 1918? And it did peter out in 1920, correct? So were there lessons learned during the H1N1 pandemic, a.k.a. Spanish flu, that we could apply in 2020 or maybe should have applied and didn't? Yeah, uh, in part, there, you know, we, we can make some really useful history. We can draw some really important historical lessons. We, we have to be careful uh, because, fortunately, we're not in a world at war. And so we, we actually have more ability to, to, to learn some lessons from 1918 than we did in 1918. Um, that was a convoluted sentence. Uh, but, but the long and the short of it is um, we, uh, we know the efficacy of, of quarantines. They have a long history. They date back to at least the Black Death, as we talked about in the last interview. Um, but uh, in cities and, and parts of the world where, where quarantines and lockdowns and so forth occurred in 1918, the mortality rates... Um, were, were lower than in parts of the of the world where where these were either shorter or um, or not fast enough. Uh, of course, in a war, uh, it's hard to have a economic and social lockdown, and and so that's when I that's when my point about being a we're, we're being we're we're more equipped to, to to take these lessons now in 2020 than we were in 1918. And the yeah. Sorry, go ahead. The other lesson I think we can learn from 1918 um, is the efficacy of, of uh, masks that we're, we're being told to wear diligently 
now. Uh, there were mandates to wear gauze, gauze masks in 1918, and, and these helped um, slow or inhibit the spread of another respiratory infection, flu. Jim, was there resistance to quarantining, to lockdowns, to social distancing, to the wearing of masks at that time? Yes. So uh, in the in the last couple months, as I've been revisiting the work on the Spanish flu or the 1918 flu, uh, I didn't know about mask resistance until relatively recently. Uh, but yes, there were anti-mask leagues uh, con- uh, in, in, in places like uh, the classic example I like to talk about is, is San Francisco, California, where masks were made um, compulsory under the law and there were fines for failure to, uh, to wear one's mask in public. So now, in 1918 uh, through 1918 through 1920, there were three waves of H1N1, excuse me, and, and uh, then it petered out. Now, was it herd immunity or was it a mutated version of H1N1, which wasn't as dangerous? What caused it to eventually just fade? Enough people were, it's funny you should mention mutation because the mutation in the, in the pandemic was what caused it in its so-called second wave, what made it so, so dangerous and so deadly was it. There was likely a mutation between the first and the second waves of the pandemic, and that's why that second wave was so was so deadly. But in terms of the sort of end of the third wave, which really ends in most of the world in 1919, but sort of lingers on until 1920, uh, was most likely a, a, a herd immunity of sufficient number of people uh, exposed and recovered uh, that the, the, the virus just couldn't keep spreading anymore or people developed uh, an immune response. We like to place a great deal of faith in technology. We've come a huge distance in the 100 years since um, H1N1, Spanish flu disappeared, didn't disappear, but faded. What's the takeaway um, from from that flu and from COVID-19? Will we forever as a species be threatened and attacked by microbes? Uh, most likely, yes because we can trace microbes throughout our existence as a, as a species. They've been with us. They've been a, 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 a deadly companion to, again, refer back to the previous interview where I quote this lovely book on the subject um, called Deadly Companions by Dorothy Crawford, Oxford University Press. Um, but uh, we also have made pretty amazing techniques technological leaps and bounds in the last 100 years. We, we couldn't see viruses in 1918, for example. We couldn't see them until the, the late 1930s under a microscope. They're, they're just so small. And um, that was part of the, the challenge in 1918 was trying to find a therapeutic uh, to, to treat the, the pandemic. And, and because they couldn't find the, the cause, um, no effective therapeutics um, were developed. Now we have this um, vaccine that's been developed and possibly multiple vaccines uh, that are being deployed that uh, have been developed in less than a year's time. In fact, we were able to discover and gene sequence COVID-19 in, in months is, is a pretty heartening lesson. Uh, yeah, we, we, have, we have come a long way in uh, that 100 years. We've come a long way in the last 20 years. 
But uh, we have been under threat, and we have suffered as a race, a human race has suffered from a microbial attack for eons. Jim, it's always great talking to you, and it's a fascinating uh, review, your uh, your review of the, of the pandemics, uh, history of pandemics today and yesterday. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.